I'm Jack. And I'm Josh. And welcome to another episode of Oaks Online. So, Josh, what have we got planned for today's episode well, on Oaks Online well, today? We'd just like to say. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and, and welcome, welcome to, to Oaks, Oaks Online. Online. I'm Josh. And I'm Jack. And today we've got a lot in store for you viewers today. out there. So, Jack. What are some of the things we've got planned today? So, me and you are going to be taking part in an interview with none other than Hannah Simpson. Legend, and it's going to be all about Youth Fest, which took place a few weeks ago. You'll learn all about that. And also, Emma and Julia will be interviewing Richard about some Bible talk thing. Um, but before all that, we'd just like to uh, stop and think about what's happening in Ukraine and pray for them over there. Father God, we're devastated and horrified by the images we see on our TV screens each night. We pray that people still in Ukraine will be protected from the violence, that there will be provision of essential supplies, such as food and clean water. We pray for vulnerable people who cannot flee, such as those with disabilities, pregnant women, or the elderly. For healing for people who are wounded or have experienced trauma and comfort for those who are grieving. We pray for those families and individuals who are trying to flee and as refugees that they'll find safe places to stay. For the children and wives, grandparents and other family members who are leaving their sons and fathers behind and the safety of the men who are staying to fight. We pray for the leaders and the people of those neighbouring countries bordering Ukraine and for other world leaders too, that you give them wisdom. Most of all, Lord, we pray for justice and peace. Lord, bring an end to this terrible war. Amen. Tell me what Youth Fest is. Youth Fest. Good it's, question. It's a festival for youths, right, in mm -hmm. Drumfield and in other areas, but 
uh, mainly in Johnfield. It takes place at the Baptist Church. You've been doing it for two years now? Yes, two years. Yeah. And it's basically just all the churches in Drumfield come together. All, all the, the children, youth, all the youth. All the youth, and they do uh, different activities. So they do different activities, like in games, and then they do talks, which is led by people who talk. And yeah. you go out to Cosmos one, don't they? And that was good, fun. yeah. Mm. We had, um, and we watch films as well. Every nice. Evening. So, yeah. Nice. And it lasts for two, two days? Two days. Three, Three days. days. So how many people were there then? A lot. I think more it was than last year. What, fifty-five? Yeah. Oh. Fifty-five. Last I mean, year there was good. like half. Yeah. Mm. That's great, and that's including us too. Mm. So, what kind of stuff did you do then? I know you said about um, cosmos and watching films, but so what, what were the talks about? What did you do? There were some tournaments. There were. Ooh. There was right. A so yeah, table air hockey. football, air hockey, air hockey. pool. Nice table tennis. table tennis. Did you have winners? Yeah. Well, they were Most of the time it was leaders. It was Every so single tournament was won by Emma. Emma won an one. absolute scam. And they all got the chocolate. And it's it's so unfair. Anyway, so I'm sure John will cut that out. But anyway, <laughs> Please don't moving on, we'll just do that bit again. So, um, yeah, so they have these tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. So there was um, pool, air hockey, table football and table tennis. Yeah. Um, and so you play someone. Say I play Josh, winner stays on, next person, next person. Exactly. So you get the last one. That is how a tournament works. That is how a tournament works. So... Uh, the winner in every single one was actually a leader, which wasn't very good. <laughs> no, and they got the chocolates. Mm. Oh. The prize was like good chocolate, so it weren't any of this like rubbish Sainsbury's own. It was actually Cadbury's like dairy good. milk. I know. Um, all of which was stolen from us. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, what were your three favourite moments mm. if you had to choose? That good, is a good, good question. <laughs> there was a big quiz that we did that was yes. really good. Um, one of the um, like things we had to do in the quiz was in a group of about five or six we had to make ourselves look like one oh. body which was really hard some people kind of like did so that thing they do in dances where they like stand on top we of did each other. I yeah. laid on the floor like that and then there was someone else like as a head yeah like, we had like heads and two oh. people as arms <laughs> and legs that was nice. good but then you, we found out you had to move as well between people as we just wiggled so around we did, a bit <laughs> yeah I liked going to Cosmos. That was a good bit. And yeah. we did some fun stuff there. The chocolate fountain at Cosmos <laughs> is a highlight. Um, and yeah, the train. A train? The train was good. Yeah. So I've been told to say this question as well, but what is your favourite cereal? My favourite cereal is probably Crave. It's like, it's really nice. It's that is a good cereal. Sometimes they call it chocolate pillows if you're... If you buy the American, <laughs> yeah, and it's just—I'm sure you know what it is. But just for those viewers out there who don't, it's like a nice, like cravingly delicious crave. Um, and it's got like chocolate inside, and it's coated with a uh, wheat cereal. Is it wheat or is it corn? Probably wheat. I've seen no it, idea. Cereal. And it's like goes around, and it's like really nice. And then you bite into it, and the luscious chocolate. And sometimes you even get like white chocolate. chocolate. And they do do like other ones that are like white chocolate as well. What would you say yours is? My favourite is probably multi-grain shapes, (laughs) and they are by the same. They're the same creators of the Cheerio franchise, and basically they taste like like Cheerios. No more sweet. What's the word? Sweets. That's it. And they're in shapes. So you can get a star and a man. And a fish? Is and a fish? fish, you can get a fish. They're good. The and adverts are good for them because they're like animation. And you can get the secret ending where you get like a big, big one. 
Right, okay. Yeah, there's the, there's one box in the whole world. And it's got a massive... Instead of... Instead yeah, yeah, of one, it's, it's a massive... Like, instead of, like, on loads of little ones, it's got, like, just one, one massive, massive man. It's, like, life size. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you're really lucky if you get the one. They only have, like, a few in the whole yeah, world. Yeah, there's, like, two. Something like One's that. in... Barbados. Barbados. Miami, is it? Miami, and one's in um, Sierra Leone. So yes. They're quite rare. So one's in a museum in London. So that makes four. So well. neither of us were right. But yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for those questions. No, thank you. You see this? You <laughs> asked them. So yeah. You do. And now on to Julia and Emma to interview Richard about what did Jesus say about servanthood? Not those hoods. Richard with us today. Welcome Richard. Hi. Uh, you're going to be speaking to us about what did Jesus say about servanthood, is that correct? That's right, yeah. So tell us, why did you pick this topic? <laughs> well, um, I think it is fairly central to um, a lot of the message that Jesus gives in the Gospels and it's certainly part of the way Jesus lived his life. He was a servant and he had a lot to say about it. So. Um, it would be only natural to sort of pick it out and use it as a topic to talk about. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think Jesus modelled it very well about being a servant. Is there anything you want to say on that before we ask you a few more questions? Mm, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> you spoke about like it being central to the Gospels, but I don't know if people would necessarily think of servant. And maybe that's a lens that we read it through, but... Well, I think it depends which tradition you come from, because we often think of Jesus as the suffering servant, and that is a title which is given to him. Not in scripture per se, unless you go back into the prophecies of Isaiah, but not in the Gospels. But that idea carries through in particularly the uh, Catholic and Anglican traditions. Mm. Um, although I think in the house church, in the new church movement, we, we tend to um, perhaps we've dropped that title and focused on other things. Mm -hmm. I think when I've, been, when I've read uh, the New Testament, particularly around like, how Jesus served, it's quite um, countercultural for its day, which we might lose in translation to today when we read it, though. You know, he does things, doesn't he, where it's like, you know, he, he washes someone's feet or something, and yes. we don't quite appreciate what that means because we don't understand that side of culture. So. It's interesting to, to look back and see the context of it as well, not just what he does. Yes. You might, he might serve in ways you've never realised when you read it, if you yes. look at the actual context. Of course, in those days, washing people's feet was very common, um, and it's alien to our society today. Mm. But what was shocking was that somebody um, of Jesus' status, really, as a rabbi, should actually do that for his disciples yeah. mm -hmm. and beyond that what is even more shocking is that 
Jesus as God should do that for mankind. Mm -hmm. And I think in that we see something of the love and care of God for us and how that's expressed through service. And therefore we can express love and care for other people um, through service in other ways. Mm. He kind of flipped serving on its head, didn't he? Like in, it's not about, so like to be a leader is to serve. That's kind of how he, mm. and he's not talking like a leader as in, I mean, it is that as well, but it's like for ourselves, like to lead ourselves, it's to serve others. That's what he kind of spoke on. We've just had Youth Fest this last week mm -hmm. and um, it was all on justice and very much about servanthood. Um, but we, I don't want to move forward in this before we just maybe address that we're not a works gospel, are we? You mentioned, you talked about that slightly in your, in your talk about we love because we are loved. So I don't yes. know if you want to touch on that as well before. Well, I think today... Um, if we were to serve people, we would expect thanks. That's the way our culture works. But I think in the gospel, I think we see a slightly different culture between uh, God and us, because God honours us. He loves us, he honours us, he bestows his blessing upon us, and he does that to us as servants. Now, we serve not because we want to receive honour, but it's the other way round. We've received honour first and that motivates us to want to serve. So we're honoured because for no other reason than God loves us. It's by his grace we don't deserve it. But that honouring then empowers and motivates us to serve other people. In today's society, you might well think that we would be trying to earn that honouring by serving and it's completely the wrong way round. We've got to get the cart before the horse or rather the horse before the cart. We've got to actually uh, see that grace comes into serving as into every other area of life. Mm. Well, we were discussing that, weren't we, about is, it, is this topic actually culturally relevant? Mm. And you were kind of reflecting on that, weren't you? Yeah, in a sense, it's just the word, isn't it? The word serve and servant. Because in kind of normal life out in the world, uh, the only time you come across those terms are servant, which is usually a fairly negative, mm. you know, has negative connotations. And service is usually, if you go out to a restaurant, you've got your server. It's not something that we use in everyday language. No. But that's not to say that it's not happening. And it's, it's usually an act of compassion that we see in our kind of everyday life, isn't it? And people yeah. seeing a need and reaching out. I think we saw a lot of that during lockdown. And, and oh, yeah. Um, not just the faith communities, but every community. No, I don't think it was just the faith communities, but it was interesting. I had a phone call the other day from a lady from Sheffield Hallam University about potentially, you know, sending some students here to, to our church. And I was quite taken aback because I was like, you do realise that we're a church? Like, you know, because <laughs> often, you know, often, some organisation don't want to get involved in faith groups to the in in that sense. But um, she said, no, no, in lockdown, the only people that kept serving, and she didn't use that word, but that's what she meant, yeah. um, were faith groups. And mm. you think, like, that's amazing that that spoke so much in a crisis mm. that our purpose, which I do believe it's our purpose in, in life, to show the love of God, um, 
showed, you know, spoke a thousand words, didn't it? Because basically we were in a state of crisis as a country and all the churches in the whole country were fulfilling that purpose. Mm -hmm. Like we all saw it. And I know there was other initiatives by people who weren't in church and that that's great as well because there's clearly that calling on our lives whether you know God or not to do the right thing by people isn't there mm-hmm. so it's very interesting to mm-hmm. think about mm-hmm. but it's definitely not cultural in today's society would you agree with that statement I do I think generally speaking service industries service jobs are poorly paid mm-hmm. and I think that is a reflection of how we see the status of servants in today's society. Mm. Um, And in actual fact, within the kingdom of God, if you want to be the greatest, um, you need to be the servant of all. Mm. And it's it's, like you said earlier, it's completely turned on its head. And we need to understand that in God's kingdom, in his economy, that that whole service thing is how we express love and grace. Mm-hmm. And those are key foundational principles within the kingdom. And that's why service, I think, is so great. So in the world today, it's not culturally relevant to voluntarily serve people. Most people would say, well, if I'm going to do that, I want at least paying. Mm-hmm. But the whole point about service is, is that it is a grace, that we are giving grace away. And it's an expression of love in terms of meeting people's needs. So countercultural, certainly, but it's exactly what society needs. I think society is calling out for this. And it's interesting that as people um, find society rather hollow, perhaps at times, that they want to invest themselves into voluntary organisations. And there needs to be a as it were, a sense of expression, of giving something back. Mm. Well, that's kind of getting at the whole sort of nature of what serving is about. Mm. I think it's important you mentioned that voluntary serving, and that that's definitely where our head goes, isn't it, when you think of it? But it's also just serving where you are. Like You can serve within your job, can't you, if, if, you, yeah. if you don't work in a charity or in a in a church you can you i mean you were a gp you served very diligently didn't you for many years so it's but not like you didn't serve it wasn't while you voluntary were, though. no so people wouldn't necessarily count that as service but i understand what you're saying why do you, so you think serving has to be voluntary is that no i'm not mean? saying it has to be but it's most pure expression is voluntary yes because you're not getting anything in return no it's about giving it is grace because you're giving to somebody something which they don't necessarily deserve that that is the whole point and i think that's when serving is most powerful i think there's uh, setting that example as well perhaps in the workplace where you might be a senior member maybe a director or, or what have you that it's good to be seen to be i don't know picking up litter off the floor and yeah. stuff that you're not leaving it somehow thinking that there are there are levels of of humanity and you're above everything mm. else and that that's another um, act of service isn't it when you're prepared to mm. actually step out of your paid role and help out in some way yeah so, to no, behave definitely well, yeah I, that, I think that's what i was trying to yeah. like, articulate that you know we all it's good to have a job it's good to have a paid job it's not like the bible doesn't talk about 
going out and earning money um that's not a bad thing it's just that it's your whole outlook isn't it on life it's, it's it deeper is. than like a voluntary role yeah. that's what i was trying to get yeah. mm. you can of course serve in your paid role mm. but that service is actually what you do over and above mm. isn't it i yeah. think and yeah. it's that which distinguishes service from simply being paid to do something mm. perhaps it's interesting because this kind of similar this conversation is similar to the one we had with the youth a bit ago about leadership mm. and it is interesting because it reminds me of leadership when you talk about serving mm. it's like the same to me it's like you can't be That's a leader right. without this servanthood thing it's all i can think of when you when you're speaking is you know if you are a director and something and you're high up in a in a job it must be hard it must be tempting to not adopt the persona that the world um, puts on that role that that is harder I think you know if you're in a in a job like like me where I work behind a bar or something and people tend to look down on you because you are serving in that you know you said earlier it's much easier to view it that way but if I was in charge there would I still have the same view mm. would people hold me in higher esteem how would I con come against that you know it's all mm -hmm. those things yeah that's it's like in our hearts isn't it the serving it's it's deeper than just volunteering to help it restore or something even though that's good as well mm. i don't know it's all difficult oh. it's all it's not multi multifaceted isn't it um my other question is how does this work practically for you in your life wow um we've alluded to what i used to do um and I think, as I say, serving in that role as a doctor was something you did over and above what you got paid for. So it was going the extra mile, trying to be that little bit more caring, trying to um, provide excellence, I suppose. Um, but since retiring, um, my service is expressed through the community and being a governor of a school, trying to work here at Restore Cafe, um, bringing people with monetary difficulties to understand their budgets yeah. better and then those with serious problems getting debt management. Uh, within the church, trying to serve in any capacity where we can see need really. Mm -hmm or at least filling the gaps until other people perhaps come along and see those needs and offer to serve in those areas as well. So multiple ways within the church, within the outreach of the church through Restore Cafe and getting out there into society. Mm. And I may as well also plug Greenpeace as well. I see that we need to serve the world in, in a much larger agenda in terms of how ecology is expressed in this country and internationally as well. Like having an influence, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I think we can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm just out of thinking out of that, you know, how would, how would we serve if we didn't know what we were called to, you know, if we didn't know what we were gifted? You've clearly identified things that you're gifted at and I hope by your age, no offence, you would. Um, as a young person, I'm thinking of all the youth I've just been with at Youth Fest this week, they have like, I remember being 14 and feeling like I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do with my life and I'm still not entirely sure but, you know, how do we figure out what we're gifted at serving? I think that is a way that we, you know, 
I did a year on DNA, which is a course where it is basically just serving for a year. It's voluntary, and it it does, in a way, it it breaks you and builds you back up. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're serving in all these areas, you see life in so many different from so many different perspectives. Mm-hmm. It helps you to see what you're gifted at, and mm-hmm. um, what your what your heart is for, and all that. And just basically, if you got involved in in things and you tried different things, serving, you would see God along the way. There's no way you couldn't, is there? Like mm-hmm. genuinely, mm-hmm. would you say that's your experience as well? Or? Yeah, I think so. I think you can also get that experience if you go into other cultures, mm. and because I think the West is very kind of it's all about me and. And what's good for me, yeah. yeah, and what works well for me, and looking after my needs, and yet there are other sort of nations that are much more kind of collective, looking out for the community. Mm. That's just the normal stance, uh, and it can be a real shock to go into those situations and just and think, <laughs> actually, <laughs> I really need to take a hard look at my own life. Uh, but I think we can do that when we look at the Gospels as well, and how um, you know, be challenged, be open to be challenged of how, how Jesus lived. And yes, it was a different culture, but just those things he talk, talked about and taught and, and the way he respected people and reached out to people that weren't, it, it wasn't right in the cultural rules. Um, it's something that we can all learn from. It's still as relevant mm-hmm. today as ever. Yeah, we've literally been telling the youth this this week, you know, what are you gonna stand up against if, if Jesus was, mm. was here now, how are you gonna, and it is a, you can use the word serve. How are you going to get involved and have influence on what's going on and change things? And it's not just about, you know, I know Greenpeace is, is good and you love it, but there's other things, isn't there, that, are, that you can get involved in and have an, an impact on in terms of serving. So yeah. that's very interesting. It requires sacrifice, doesn't it? It, mm. it costs. Yeah. yeah. But that's something that we do because we're loved and we want to love back. Well, yeah. the literally the the thing in the world nowadays is, as long as you don't hurt anyone else, do what you want. That's like the the, you know, I hear that so much, and mm. I just think, if you do what you want, you're gonna hurt people. Yeah. Like you can't do that. Like you can't just live your life in that way. And sometimes that sacrifice isn't easy, is it? What well, sometimes God might ask us to sacrifice things that to serve others that we might not be comfortable with. I mean, we we spoke about that. Um, at the last Impact Sunday, didn't we, on discipleship here in Dromfield. Mm. Um, Dorothy read some great scriptures about what Jesus was asking of people and mm. how asking them to give up certain things maybe or yeah. mm. what have you, and that's different for each of us. Mm. Um, you know, you sac- probably sacrifice quite a lot to, to be a GP and to serve such a lot. You said you went like, you know, above and beyond and it's already crazy hours. So that's a lot for you to sacrifice. Um, in the name of serving and calling and all the rest of it. It's all very intermingled, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but I think in the kingdom, in God's economy, yes, you said we need to sacrifice in order to serve because we're giving something away to mm. others, and that costs us, and that's, that's very true. But I think the other side of the coin is that there is a return somehow Mm. And we grow through the process mm. of serving. Mm. And 
I think for me the final thing is, and I make this clear in the, uh, the talk if people want to listen to that, is that Jesus finds happiness. One of his parables, he talks about the master welcoming the servant into his happiness. Mm -hmm. And I think Jesus delights when he sees the serving mm -hmm. and he invites us to actually share his joy and happiness in that serving. And I think that's the reward, that is the true reward of serving, mm -hmm. that it makes the master happy, it makes Jesus happy, and we can share in that. So I think we get a return. I actually think we end up with more yeah. than we give so, away. So how would you, what advice, sorry to finish, I know we've gone on, but what advice would you give to someone who wants to serve but might not be serving out of the right heart? You know, like you're saying about doing it for the love of Jesus, we've spoke about that today, but I'm just thinking like, you know, people might be thinking, well, how does how do I do that without it becoming unhealthy, like doing it for gratification from others rather than from God? How, how do you position yourself, I suppose, into that to begin with? How did you get to that point where you can do things and not expect anything in return or what have you? Well, I think to do that, you need to come to Jesus and receive his love and grace first. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it will just be us working at this. Mm -hmm. And there's a limit. We can only humanly do so much and then we're going to fall down exhausted. Mm. But I think real service in the kingdom comes from knowing God's empowering and, um, as I said, his blessing on what we do. Mm. So I think we need to come to Jesus first and receive from him and know his grace and love in our lives in order to give grace and love away. Yeah. And I think that is perhaps the the trick, if you like, it's coming to God first, mm. finding that grace and then responding from that. And I think providing you're responding from that position of love and grace, you're always in a safe place. Mm. It's when we stray out of that and start to uh, either do it in our own strength or because we feel that we have to, to earn something from somebody or from God, I think that starts to become a little unhealthy yeah. and I think there will be consequences further down the road. So we need to keep ourselves in check with that, mm. as in, you know, check our hearts, maybe be accountable to others in terms of it as well. So saying to people, you know, I really want to, if, if this is something that you're struggling with, then go get prayer about it and uh, chat, to, chat to someone you trust. But yeah, yeah thank you. Brilliant. Very good. Anything else to add? No, nope, that was good. Good rounding up. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Richard. Okay. Thank you. And we'll uh, go into the hot gospel now. Yeah. Servanthood. Serving doesn't earn God's love. Instead, we serve because we are loved. Join us as we say this prayer. Jesus, reveal your love to me. Help me love others as you love them. I want to serve people like you did. Amen. And thanks for that. That was very interesting. And if you want to watch it, um, you can search it up on YouTube and it'll be there. So thank you very much for watching this video. We hope I've you enjoyed Oaks it. Online and it was really fun to talk about Oaks Online with you. Yeah, and we're just going to, last of all, go to some worship with a person doing singing. 
but we don't know who yet. Uh, but we hope you enjoy it. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Saved a wretch like me For I once was lost, but now I'm found Was blind, but now I see Hallelujah Christ is risen from the grave Hallelujah Christ is risen from the grave God who died came back to life and everything has changed. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Oh, death, where is your sea? Oh, fear, where is your power? The mighty King of Kings has disarmed you, delivered and redeemed, eternal life is ours, oh praise His name forever, hallelujah, Christ is risen from the grave, hallelujah, Christ is risen from your open arms the beauty of your face through tears of joy I lift my voice in everlasting praise hallelujah Christ is risen from the grave we declare oh death where is your sin 